What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of Eric's Audible. Um, starting the previews, we got offense up first. So the late, great Will McKay will be joining us to preview the offense and see what Kitley's got in store for us. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online, and it's easy, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com, through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com, or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. What's up, everybody? Um, I know I lied the last time we were on here, and I said we would be back weekly, and then Hunter got so wrapped up into debauchery that I couldn't get him back on a Zoom call. But to repay that, Hunter is back. And Will McKay is making a, a, a return to the Red Raider sports scene. So, Hunter, how's it going? It's going well. Watching yeah. some Little League right now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I didn't want to out you, but you go ahead and out yourself. And, yes, and then Will. Will making his triumphant return. Even though I say that, you've been on one of these before. I think I was on a fall preview like two years ago, and I think I made a prediction like, yeah, man, I think they'll win like seven or eight games, and I think that was the <laughs> – Four and eight. What what they go four and eight two years ago? Yes. Yeah. Or four yeah. and six. Was it 2020? It was one of it was one oh, of the yeah, four yeah, win. Yeah. It was one of four yeah. win Matt Wells. Yeah. Uh we all so, we all fell for Matt Wells. That was uh, a good time. Yeah. I, I won't I won't say who it was, <clears throat> but someone in a group text I'm in with Ben, Golan, and Hunter said that they are going to build an altar to Matt Wells and worship the God of Matt <laughs> Wells in order to make sure that his high school recruiting it can at least sustain a couple of years to connect his classes to Joey McGuire's incoming classes. So well, there has been some well, talk recently. <laughs> no comment. <Yeah. laughs> All right. So we are going to preview the offense. Um, and I think we're, we're going to start with quarterback, which – May out, you know, usually you want to save the best for last. And I think a lot of people would assume that the quarterback conversation might be the best. But uh Hunter, you you made a good point about a comment that Joey McGuire made. Like this, this thing's done. It's wrapped, right? Well, like a week or so ago, McGuire made the comment that we may throw goal line fades Smith. So this is a guy that's in a supposed quarterback battle. And he, and he also said, you know, he's 6'5", 250 or whatever. We'll, we'll be using him in quarterback power. I'd be stupid not to run quarterback power with him as well. Uh, I, I really don't I'm, – I'm curious if a coach in fall camp, you know, has, has ever said, just speculated, that he may throw goal line fades to his, to his backup quarterback. I, I honestly don't think that's ever happened. 
And, and like when he said it, my mind just exploded. And I was kind of, I'm kind of surprised that like it hasn't been talked about more by other people. Like I've tried to like interject on the double T 97.3 chat line and say yeah. like, did y'all, did y'all hear like McGuire just said we may be using Donovan in the goal line. Like, can he rush the passer? Can yes. he play right tackle is what I'm curious about. I mean, what else? I, I, to, I don't know what to make of that comment. Well, it I mean, I think, I think we, we all three can safely assume it means he's not going to, it, I say it means it's, it well, doesn't look good that he's going to be the starting quarterback. If we're talking about contingency plans for him. If you're talking also about him, like going out and taking hits as a receiver and battling out with yeah. somebody or, it's like, are you going to line him up at fullback next, like right. next week? Yeah, it's kind of, heck. Before we hit record, we were like, in a different life, this guy could have been an all-conference yeah. tight end or or defensive end. And no and doubt, yeah. yeah. So, I, like I said, I, I don't think this is an inter- as a, as interesting as a discussion as it would have been a month ago, <clears throat> because I, re- I mean, I do think it was open, and I do think that. I do too. Because you've seen Morton take reps, like there's been video evidence of him taking reps with what we assume to be the one offense in practice. So I yeah. do think they are at least putting on a good show of a competition. Um, but it, as a lot of people who seem to be in the know have said from the beginning, it's Shuck's job to lose. And that seems yeah. to be the case. So I guess really this conversation needs to be, <clears throat> and Hunter, I'll let, I want your opinion. What does that mean then if it's Shuck's job? I, mean, I don't know if it means a ton because I, I, I've always thought going, you know, six months ago when everyone was speculating about who would play quarterback, how I was so strongly of the opinion that it would be Shuck because I think any tie goes to Shuck. Yeah. I think if he, yeah. you know, even if he gets barely beat out in the fall camp, which I don't, which is not what we've heard. I think from all accounts, it sounds like he's just won the job, but straight up. But if it's anywhere close, you know, I think he gets, the start he and for so many reasons like he's the oldest one number one if you start donovan you know what does that do to baron his long term if you start baron what does that do to donovan long term so I, I just think it was like such the the safest play but what does it mean i mean i don't because of our schedule we've talked about this before it's so hard um it's not out of the realm of possibility that a one and two start a one and three start means that our quarterback didn't play poorly i think a one and three start is not not likely, but it's in the realm of possibility. And yeah. then the job is up for grabs again. So yeah. I, I, I don't know what, it, I mean, he's the guy I would have, I would have, I think our ceiling is, is Chuck starting and being one of the best two or three quarterbacks in the conference. So I'm just, that's what I'm kind of all in on. Okay. <clears throat> that's interesting. And that's, that's actually, I was going to ask Will because it, and, and Will tell me what you think about this. I think Chuck has the highest floor and the lowest ceiling of the three. And so that's I why I think like I typically like to kind of take risks. And so like I would have started Smith, I think, because I think he has the highest ceiling. And so I don't know what it means. And so that's why kind of the same thing to you. If he does have the lowest floor, but the highest ceiling, what is the coaching staff saying? Or, or am I just wrong on that? No, I'm, I mean, I think you're spot on. To me, whenever I look at what Tyler Shuck does uh, well is that he's pretty steady. Really with him, what it comes down to is, is how how many mistakes is he or isn't he going to make where you just kind of look and you're just like, what? Like, what are you thinking there? Because mm-hmm. yeah. really to me last year in as limited of a time as he played, that really was the biggest thing was 
it just seemed to me a lot of times he wasn't really doing much reading of defenses. He really was just like, well, easy's playing pretty good, so I'm just going to throw him the ball. Yeah. Or he was yeah. just like, uh, well, I have this like RPO or I'm supposed to, supposed to throw a screen or hand it off. I've already decided I'm just throwing the screen. And I'm, I'm thinking of, was it the SFA game or FIU game where he threw that pick six on like the first or second series? Yeah. Well, yeah. FIU. I think so, yeah. Yeah, so it, it, where it was a thing where clearly he never should have thrown it out there. He just didn't take the read. He just, he just right. flung it out there. Yeah. So that's and really, that to me. exact same thing happened in the spring to. game. Yeah, yeah. Exact play. So, what it, so it really comes down to me with him. It's like you said, I, as long as he's not making big mistakes, he is a perfectly acceptable, good Big 12 starter. But that's really what it comes down to me. Like yeah. you said, though, the, the thing real quick about Donovan Smith, though, is is that he uh, he has a like you said he has a way way higher ceiling because there are some throws that he made last year whether it was that Iowa State game or it's in the bowl game where I'm just like bro that's like a like no joke those are like NFL like high level NFL throws but yeah. then he also has some series where you're like dude I don't even know if you know like what the, plays o- the entire Oklahoma from. State game yeah, <laughs> yeah. the first yeah. half the first yeah. half of the bowl game too yes like you're like what are you doing yeah yeah and so. As you were talking, I started to second guess my own point because how can the guy with the highest floor <laughs> make so many mistakes? Yeah, you know, like maybe Donovan. Yeah, maybe- my, my thought on on Donovan is, it, I, I think he changes. I know that there's McGuire said they all have the same skill set. They're they all can run and throw. I, I do think with Donovan, and I want to hear from you guys, would we not be much? more of a run based. I think he would quarterback run would be heavily involved in it, in it, which to me lowers the ceiling of the offense to some extent in terms of it's just explosive nature compared to a guy like Zappy who's throwing it 65 times a game. No doubt. Yeah. I like, I agree with you because like when I think about the offense, whenever, so, you know, three quarters of the way last season, or I guess halfway through last season, whenever he became the primary starter, Think about what the offense was. It was very like methodical up and oh, down yeah. the field. Like this they is going to be eight to twelve. This is yeah. This is going to be eight plays, ten plays, twelve plays, and maybe once out of every like five or six drives, he might hit on a big like a deep ball. But other than that, these were like really methodical drives, and it was because of how much he was running the ball and just kind of improvising, make things happen. But what I, but I guess the thing for me is is like that's not really what Kitley's offense is in any form that I've ever seen it. Now, part of the reason that Kitley got the job, really, and I think what McGuire really – what he really sold McGuire one was just like, just give me the personnel, we'll figure it out yeah. kind of thing with his offense. But, you know, that's something that I want to see because really what I saw in Western Kentucky and then when he – before that at, uh, you know, HBU, this was just like straight-up traditional air raid, like 80 to 90% of the time. <laughs> but the other thing is when you go back to whenever he was here under Cliff, Cliff did not run anything like that. Cliff's was, we're going to run out all these different personnel packages, run a ton of different plays out of it. You're never really going to know where we're going with the ball. It was a lot more like misdirection, and you're kind of doing this like slide of hand thing with the offense all the time. It's just such a different style of offense. But with Cliff, too, Cliff would get into 11 and 21 and 12 personnel, and he would get up and he would, you know, I, I think sometimes to his detriment, not enough, like he'd just run the ball. Um, whereas with, with Kitley and maybe it is just a thing of his personnel he's had so far, he just hasn't shown as an independent offensive coordinator running the show himself that he's going to commit to that. So I have a hard time believing in the open field anyway, that he's just going to let Donovan just like run power, like on like third and third and five. 
Yeah. What I see when I think of a Kitley scheme with Donovan is I kind of see what Bryles did at Arkansas last year. I can't remember that that quarterback's name, but that's like, that's what I picture. But the thing that Hunter was always smart to point out, and I, I think I just like Donovan's skill set so much that I ignore what Hunter said. I like I think the three of us respect Cumby, his offensive mind, and how he can, you know, design an offense to fit the the needs uh, yeah. and the skill set. He to me, and the hunter kept saying this, to me, he kind of the the way he called plays, the way he huddled, said he didn't trust Donovan to throw exactly. the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, like think about that Baylor game. I, I felt like we threw the ball five times. <laughs> You know, and like it was only when it was absolutely necessary was when uh, Cumby trusted Smith to throw the ball. And maybe we're reading too much into that, but I do wonder, but like, did Cumby know something we didn't? I agree. And the thing with that, too, is like when you think about this offense and how Kitley runs it, it's his QB show. It's like he's like, here you go. Here's the reins. Like, like, go cook kind of a thing. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, like, obviously, like, like Kitley's gonna like is going to run his scheme and run his offense, but he puts so much more trust in his guy to go do his thing than uh than your last two offensive coordinators did. Your last two offensive coordinators, it was a thing where it was like, I'm making the decision, here's what we're doing. Yeah. Period. And I do think <clears throat> if Shuck can get his reads right, which and this is what worries me. I mean, it's very much I think Kyler Murray like tweeted it out or put it on Instagram, like if it hops down there somewhere and like like you said that's kind of what shuck did with izukama is just yeah. like he's there somewhere and so i do think kitley's scheme is more uh it fits shuck better because i think the reads are yes. easier and so i'm i am okay with with shuck starting like it matters but i do i don't know i I think I could easily see a scenario where, because here's the thing that gets me is people on, on Redditor sports have kind of have posted so many times about, we saw Shuck last season. He like, he fits Kitley's offense and Hunter, I could be wrong. And in, in, in like, maybe I'm just biased against Shuck or I just like Donovan too much, but what we saw from Shuck wasn't good. Like that's what I can't get over is like, I keep hearing people say he fits Kitley's offense. He, this is good for like, and maybe that's true, but from what we saw and to me at Oregon and here, I I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Was there a question in that? What am I supposed to comment on Chuck not being good? (laughs) No, I'm only saying that because this is a theme. I mean, I've heard you say this a lot and and that's what part of that is kind of the inspiration of something I wrote on Redditor Sports a couple of weeks ago where I was like, all right, I'm tired of hearing like about Shuck being terrible. And I, I want to like look at numbers and try to figure out what, what has he actually done and can we compare it at all to, to Donovan? And unfortunately, I mean, the, he, the, his turnover worthy play percentage was three times higher than Donovan. Yeah. Okay. And, that, and this is just, you know, some context. It's, it's a, some guy on PF, PFF that's gets paid by yeah. the hour. They rewatch these games. I think they dedicate most of their like high level resources to NFL and then college is, is maybe a step down, but it is someone with a brain that's watching each throw. And, you know, sometimes a throw could go right through a DB's hands and go to Jakeem Grant, like that play in Austin a couple of years ago and go for a 70 yard touchdown and they'll get, you know, turnover worthy 
play. They'll get a you know they'll get a, a knock. A demand, yeah. A, yeah, a knock there, and uh, and so Shuck. I mean, there is some merit to the notion that that Shuck is more that he makes some throws that are uh, more more likely than not to end up being a turnover. What 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 also surprised me though is. Um, I had, I had it in my head and there's this narrative and I've already said it earlier today about how, you know, Ty goes to the experience player and, and, but he's not that much more experienced than Donovan. No, I mean, no, age, age wise he is, but like total snaps and like dropbacks in a, in a college game. Um, it's, there's not a huge, huge difference. Like Donovan could play like, um, you know, three or four games and be tied with it basically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so um, I, I can't even remember where, where we were going. You know, I don't think you asked me a question or not, but it was just about Chuck in general. I, yeah. I'm, I'm extremely, you know, Killy, I think there's certain things about the air raid that can get a guy going and they don't have to be like a great quarterback to, to it's a rhythm make, thing. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I don't know if that could surely help him. Um, he, cause even he, he didn't put up like gaudy numbers. Um, Chuck didn't when we blew out FIU or when we did move the ball, you know, fairly well in the second half against U of H. Uh, but I think in a Killy offense, even a low skilled quarterback with the offense is scoring, like they're putting up numbers. Um, I say that thinking that Kitley's going to run what he did at Western Kentucky. What was Kitley? I know he was the quarterback coach in 2016. So when Pat had the crazy year throwing the ball, what, yeah. what, was he the, was he the quarterback coach in 2015 or was Cumbie still? Not, no, he was, he was on staff. He wasn't, he was Cumbie wasn't here. Cliff was still technically running like the ship in 2015, but from what I understood, always Kitley had quite a bit of input in that. Um, and it was really like going in 2016, I think, where Cliff more so took his hands off and he was like, I trust you, like, go do your thing. Because I say that because 2015 was the best rushing post air raid rushing mm-hmm. offense that I think I've, we've seen at Tech. Like, in terms and he was of, on staff, yeah, in terms of running the ball when it mattered, you know, like third and short or in the red zone, uh, picking up first downs or, or just like, even if you look at like yards per rush, but, or, or Deandre, I think he was a thousand yard rusher, wasn't he? But yeah, uh, he was. I mean, that, like that offense is a very much different than what Kitley ran at Western Kentucky. And I think maybe our, you know, do we have the personnel to do that exactly? I don't, you know, we obviously don't have Pat Mahomes, but we have some running backs and we've, we can put some tight ends on the field we think yeah. and we've got a quarterback that can run and we've got maybe some like um, expendable quarterback not you know we're not we're not going to yes. like plow and shuck into the line of scrimmage or anything but i, I don't think we're going to be like nervous about running chuck no yeah. yeah that's part of it's like mcguire said that's part of why you you know all three of these guys can run like he, well, he's not shying away from let me let me, ask, let me ask this so is there a um Surely there is a level with which win this this job in the fall that is like like beat out these other guys by such an amount that he gets a longer leash in the season. Or is that fair to say? Or or like conversely, well, if he barely the, wins, is the leash does the is, does the leash depend on how how much he beats out these guys right now? Couldn't you I think ask that's, that same that's question? A question? Could you <clears throat> could we ask that same question? But kind of switch the variable to how many snaps Donovan plays like that could answer your question as to how close that was because if if we're if we don't see Shuck for three or sorry Donovan for three weeks I think Shuck handily won the job but or if, I agree or so, if Shuck plays poorly 
for like five weeks and is starting and we're like two and four, wouldn't that show that, okay, he won this fall camp by like a mile? Yeah. 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 It would. Yeah. And then I agree. Yeah. No, it would. And that, I, and that's probably a good thing. You know, it, it, no matter who yeah. you want to start, you want that person. And I think McGuire even hinted at it. Like we'll get like somebody's won this job, but we're going to give them the second scrimmage. Like, isn't that what McGuire said basically? And so I, I do think that, you know, I, I think it's good that somebody's taking it by the horns and we can, I think we just assume that it's shut. The thing, the thing to me um, too is, is like, so, and we're not going to know until you get like five or six games in here, probably not until you get into big 12 play. It seems like, and I know we're making jokes about him talking about, you know, Donovan, like catching passes out of, you know, how, however, you, you know, whatever the quote was. But at the same time, if he's saying that, then you and everyone on this call knows that's in the back of his mind and they're planning on doing things with Donovan. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But either way, it feels like to me, and maybe this is just the dream scenario I've built up in my head, but it's a thing where when you get in the red zone, you're just going to do this thing like belldozer style or like Tebow 2006 style where you get inside like the 20-yard line and you're just going to have a bunch of these packages for Donovan. Again, that's just me probably in making up what I think is going to be the best way to run this thing. But, you know, to me, that's that would make by far the most sense because that's where Donovan was by far the most effective. I mean, last year from the, he's uh, McGuire said it basically from the beginning that yeah. uh, shut or sorry, Donovan will play <laughs> like he he has yeah. been very consistent about that. So to me. I'm going to take him at his word, like no matter what it is. Um, Let's see. There was one thing I wanted to look up. So last year um, I was looking at football outsiders about our touchdown rate. Cause like you bringing up maybe a belldozer type situation. I was wondering, right. Like, did we struggle in that area last year? And this website is about every ad. While you, while you you look that up, what's crazy is what I guess I didn't realize was that, I thought we were better at running the ball last year than we were. Um, we ended up, we were eighth in the big 12 last year, which so I was we, like, it felt like we were better than that. Yeah. We just had, I think we had a lot of injuries. And so like we, it, we yeah. like rarely had, uh, so, uh, but, uh, uh, Sir Roderick and Taj together at the same like. time. Yeah. In the, in the big 12 last year, we scored a touchdown on 30% of our possessions, which was seventh yeah. in a conference. Now yeah. you, know, you add up one, you know, one and a half percent were fifth, but still, um, there's a lot of room for improvement. I mean, yeah. our offense, it was, we had a top 30 offense, I think probably football outsiders had us at 25th. Yeah. I think I would say we had between <clears throat> 20 to 30th, but I, I, I do think conference only, we, we weren't as, as sharp and, um, you know, relative to our peers, like when you, you know, with our defense, you, you can't score a touchdown at the seventh highest rate no, uh, no. per possession in this league. Yeah, that's true. And and do what you want to do. It's really kind of a testament that we won seven you know seven games doing it's, that. It's still incredible. I I, I don't think Cumby will ever. It doesn't get make any sense. For yeah, that. it doesn't make any sense that you won that many games. No. Whenever you look at all the stats. Yes. All right. Let's go to running back. They said on, I, they did a, a very very shallow tech preview on the hard line on the ticket today. Um, and so who knows if this is even correct, but they said that Texas tech is returning the most rushing yards in the country from last year. That doesn't sound right. 
probably um, percentage percentage of rushing yards. Maybe. Like for your team, like your own individual rushes, Maybe that's what you are meant. returning the most yards. Maybe that's what they meant. Um, but I, I think that just goes to basically like what we were just talking about. I mean, the running back room is probably the one that I feel the best about. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think Taj is special, and I think Sir Roderick is really good in it. And I don't think I could say that about any other position group that you have a special guy and then a guy who's like at that like one a level, you know, like, uh, and I don't know, yeah. it will be interesting. I think this will say a lot about McGuire. And again, maybe this is one of the things where I'm reading too much into it. Does has Taj separated himself as like, I know I'm the junior. I know Sir Roderick's really good, but I'm the starter, you know, like kind of like what you're saying about like how much did if Shuck wins the job, how much did he win it by? I wonder if, Taj or Sir Roderick wins the job, how much of that will be by and how that matters in terms of split of carries. For sure. And the thing for me that's, I think, the most interesting is it feels like to me that Taj is the better fit for more of what Kitley's offense is than maybe Sir Roderick is traditionally. Just because Sir Roderick is so, don't get me wrong, they're both like obviously like downhill runners and they're both like, uh, yeah, they're both like downhill physical runners. But Taj is a much better receiver than Sir Roderick is. And so See, to me, it's like, it's like how many, you know, if, if Taj is catching the ball way better, does he not get like a much higher like percentage of like well, the reps? It's funny that you say that because Hunter, that's your question. Who because <laughs> you yeah. in that you hunter, like whoever's the better receiver, that's who's gonna play more. And because I think me and you think it might be Sir Roderick. <laughs> well, Sir Roderick has mm-hmm. had drops, it drop problems. Yeah, they yeah. big drop problem. But I, I don't I think it's in my opinion, I don't know if it matters much. I think, um, you know, whether, whether Sir Roderick, I think Taj could be much better and play 55% of the snaps, you know, and Sir Roderick play 45. What, what I know, in the, I've watched five Killy games, and he um, he's kind of the give a running back a drive um, guy, you know, yeah. like one one running back for an entire drive. And some of it's yeah, I got you. tempo. Um, but he, you know, then the next drive there would be another guy out there. Um, and I, I could see us doing that. I, I am, like – I think if you were um, going position by position, running back is the is the spot where we have um, clearly like teams would trade for our running back room, like yes. good teams, yeah. like, teams in the conference. And Taj and Sir Roderick would get reps for like a lot of people, like maybe even I mean everybody, but a couple. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean they would get reps with like playoff guys, playoff teams. I, I think so. Um, and I and I think and I I don't know how you have not mentioned your favorite player's name. We, I, I, I gave you the runway to do it, and you haven't even said it, Hunter. Larry Moore? No, Blake Bedwell. Oh, yeah, I do like Blake Bedwell. <laughs> so uh, I, I did, I did mean to ask, like, where you know, does Xavier White still play? I mean, no, who's he's gonna be the third? No, he's gonna play. Who's the third running back? Probably Valdez. And is it's been? I think it's been Bedwell. Like, it was in the spring game, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. I know that was yeah, a it's a ago, spring game, man. But yeah, I mean, you want to you want to know how many times in the spring game I've seen somebody oh like go off as a star, and everybody's like, "This guy's the next guy," and then he Jax, plays three snaps the next year. Jax Welch may lead the may lead the program in spring game carries. Um, I think that was by necessity, though. That spring, <laughs> yeah, it's probably Valdez. Like I it would almost, I would almost think Valdez would probably be a pretty good transfer candidate if it wasn't him. You know, if he wasn't the third guy, I would be surprised if he would still be here. Yeah. Although yeah. I was a big Bryson. I don't know if it's Donnell or Donnell. Bryson, Don, I bet it's Donnell. 
he like I think he's going to be a dude as well. Like he may not be Taj level good, but I think he might be Sir Roderick. And maybe am I overrating Taj? Like I think there's yeah. a I don't think like, so. I'm starting to yeah. I mean he's okay. a he's a big dude. Yeah, he's and, and he, like hard. some of his runs, it was the bowl game where he just like or maybe it was the Baylor game. No, it was the bowl game. When he just leveled that guy at the goal line. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, and we're talking, you you can talk all the everything, SEC, defense, those guys. I mean, and, and it was nothing for him. Nothing. You know, you know who he kind of reminds me of is some of those like Baylor running backs from like 20, uh, 2009 to like 2013, 14, where you're like, oh, he's a pretty good receiver. And then, you know, we're going to give him the ball a ton. But then, like you said, you just don't expect him to just lay people out when yeah. he's running downfield as much as he is. He so runs to me, he runs violently, and what I love so much about him is he is so decisive. Whenever he finds his hole, he's like, yes. okay, I'm going to go, which yes. is – it's going to be interesting to kind of see the difference in the rhythm of a running game when him and Sir Roderick are both fully healthy because when you get, if you give each of them an individual series, because he and Sir Roderick are like polar opposite style like vision yeah. runners, yeah. where Sir Roderick is going to do the like, I'm basically walking until I find where I want to yes. go. Yeah, he is. I've never seen anybody do it like him except for when Le'Veon Bell was good. Le'Veon Bell would like yeah. dance behind Walk. the line of scrimmage yeah. what, for what felt like 30 seconds before he would pick a hole and go. And Sir Roderick's the same way. And so, yeah, it will be interesting. And it's so hard because, like Hunter was saying, I mean, like it doesn't matter how much Kitley you watch, he the running game. It was just weird. Like <laughs> there wasn't a lot of it, and I know that's been a lot of talk. And so I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, but either way, I think we're going to be fine at running back, and I think we all agree. Yeah, all right. agreed. All right, so I think we can move to a another position that I feel pretty good about, and um, I don't I'm gonna put Hunter on the spot again. What was the question you asked about the tight ends? Like you said something like. What is it uh, – you were talking about, like, how, how much will we play 12 personnel? Do you remember what you were talking about? No, I think uh, we you, we played a tight end a lot last year. Yeah. Uh, because I okay, think number, this, one, yeah. number one, Koontz was, like, one of our best players. For yes. Yeah. Out of, kind of out of nowhere. And then uh, Tharp just surprisingly played a ton. I mean, yeah. I, um, I don't know if it's surprising, but, like, for me going back and looking, uh, I was just pleasantly surprised at how much he played. It's, like, a strong indicator. I mean – people talk about stats but like playing snap a lot of snaps as a freshman even if you play terrible is a like the most it's like the strongest indicator of if somebody's good or not or going yeah. to be good it's like a belief yeah. meter it's like a yeah. he's gonna be he's gonna figure it out yeah, yeah. I like college coaches are not idiots playing at a big 12 school is hard if a coach is playing you and you're 18 like you, you know there's something there you can play but especially when you think about Koontz being really good and like yeah commanding such a, a, a large share of our tight end snaps. But my question was, um, we have a, you know, I think uh, Cup is sort of a Koontz, uh, like physical, physically um, similar guys, um, obviously like polar opposite. You know, Koontz comes from a, a, a non-scholarship California Juco and Cup is like the great, you know, number one tight end recruit with all these injuries. But um, so it's a similar room in that regard. But like, do we play as many tight end snaps next year? as we did last year is my question. And, and the reason why it's, I think an interesting question is like, if we've got a great tight end room, then the answer is yes. Uh, However, what if we have like multiple receivers that are really, really good. And it's like, Kitley's like, I'm not going to play. I'm not going to use two receivers guys. Like we have like three or four really good ones. Like let's put as many of them on the field as possible. Um, That could affect our tight end snaps, even if they're good, you know, Um, or like, 
can we run the ball really well? And if so, like, does that mean that suddenly, okay, let's put some tight ends out there. They can catch, they can block, they can't stop us from running it. You know, I, th- I think it's a really interesting question that like hinges on so many things and, and variables that are all like related to like, what kind of offense are we going to run? Are we going to be any good? Like are our receivers any good or our tight ends good? Like, so I'll, I'll ask you, I was like, will we play more snaps or less snaps, tight end snaps than we did, you know, this year compared to last year? I think we'll play less, but I don't think it'll be a lot less. Um, I, I I just have to believe that Kitley is – it's just not what he does. Like, it wasn't really what Cliff mm-hmm. did except for rare occasions. And I it wouldn't surprise me if we saw more unique things with our tight end. Like, maybe we see one of them in the backfield – like as a as a fullback or H back and one of them in line. Like I think we might we might see more of two tight ends on the field, but total number of snaps with a tight end out there might go down. Um, but if our receiving core, if these guys were hoping work out, don't work out, <laughs> it may be more. You know, like and I think that that might be a it's kind of a good fallback. Oh, we'll just play the six nine tight end. <laughs> you know, if we have to. <laughs> Like that's, that's not, yeah. that's not a bad fallback. No. And to, to me, I think, I think you, you hit on the head Taylor. I think it's one of those things where you just have such a, like a unique opportunity to use like three different guys that really kind of are all different skill sets, but you could probably start any one of them and you'd be just fine at your tight end spot. But what I, I mean, cause the way I'm thinking about it is, is if you're going to get creative, you know, are you going to have Tharp lined up like as a true like why like in the slot while you also then maybe have Teeter or Cup in line as a blocker or you have like Teeter in the backfield? Yeah. Um, you know, how do you line these guys up and how do you use them? That's really where I think you get creative with this. And that's where more, you know, if you're going to see more of like the cliff flavor to this offense, that's I think where it's going to really play in here if Kelly yeah. does it more. Because Cliff started to do some pistol stuff. Towards the end. In 20, so, yeah, in 2016, 17. So you could see like Tharp yeah. lined up, or sorry, you, yeah, Tharp lined up as a true Y in a slot, and yeah. then Teeter standing next to Shuck, and then Taj behind him. Like it wouldn't shock <laughs> me if we saw that. Did you see any, have you seen any pistol with Kitley last year? They did a, a little bit on the goal. It was like a goal line special. They never really did it outside of that, but there was a few snaps where it was kind of like a goal line thing. And, and it, I, I think it was not a trick play, but they were kind of gadget. Like it was like a toss or a, a toss uh, crack back or whatever. So I, I just, I don't know, maybe he learned from Cliff a little bit, but who knows? Yeah. I've seen some pictures from fall camp where it was like clearly the, you know, it was like a handoff mid exchange and it was clearly a pistol exchange. Oh, yeah. oh that's you know? right. You but, said it, but, it, but it could have been a uh, goal line, like you said. Yeah. What do you think? I think so. I mean, to me, I I think, um, I think you can get downhill um, from, you know, I mean, I mean like your tight end scenario. Oh, I agree. I think, I think they will play less. And I, and I think because um, there will be more four wide, you know, 10 personnel um, with Kitley versus Cumbie. I just think he, you know, for the reasons we've, we've said, it's just so hard for me to just think that, Kitley's going to not be doing what he's done the last couple of years yeah. or change that, that drastically uh, compared to uh, what Cumbie was doing, you know, last year. Um, but I don't, but I think some of that is like, if cup is, if cup 
is what people think he could be. And he's like really, really good. And Tharp is, you know, goes from the trend of like, when you play that many snaps as a freshman, that means you're good. And, like, and if he's really good, like if they're, if they're two really good, if they're both really good, um, they're going to play a lot. So that it's a, I think it's an interesting question. Cause then I, I teeter y- y'all mentioned him. I mean, he's, he's going to play too. I yeah. mean, so he, he's uh, a, to me, he's, he's the, he's the fullback. Like agreed. he's listed as a he's, tight end, but he's a fullback. He's the guy. If what I was saying about teeter and how he's built, he, he would be like the perfect, you know, how Oklahoma state has the cowboy back mm-hmm. that they, where they use that guy all the time. He would yeah. be like a God level cowboy back. Look, if like, if you're going to use him that way. Teeter might may end up in the tight like in the NFL as a as a fullback. Like we've seen guys like him mm-hmm. who played uh, tight end in college and was the blocking tight end go on to have like ten year careers in the NFL as like a fullback. A fullback. They just don't play that much. <laughs> like it would not shock me yeah. at all. Um, but there, but what's what's interesting to me? So like I believe that Kitley is like an offensive pragmatist. And so, like, if Hunter is saying, like, if Baylor Cup is who we who people think he is, and then Tharp continues the trajectory, like you said, it wouldn't shock me if Kitley watches Iowa State from two years ago and is like, I can do that with these guys. Like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I think Kitley is that type of guy. But I would just because because Iowa State would spread you out. I mean, yes. they would just both those guys would be in the slot, and I mean, then the they, next play they'd be in the backfield. <laughs> like, it was what they did was awesome. Like uh, it was, it was genuinely awesome. Um, that's, that's really how everybody's offense is, is like built nowadays though. In the big yeah. 12, like you, all the successful ones, like you're going to be in a lot of different personnel packages, but almost yeah. everybody has either a tight end or some like flex player. Do you know what I mean? On offense, yeah. that's either going to be tight end can line up in the slot, can line up in the backfield. You just put him somewhere to then basically kind of be like the kind of the grease in the rest of your offense to make it go. Yep. Yeah, you can do a lot. Um, all right. What's interesting is like all the quarterback and receiver talk is kind of, I mean, like going into the offseason, I think most people worried about offensive line and maybe we still should be. Um, it's just, I can't help but think, and Hunter, now that you've watched some um, Western Kentucky, didn't you notice like how well the offensive line communicated? And like, I just attribute that to the to coaching. I mean, like I rarely saw a busted like if, if the defense ran a blitz or a stun or a twist, I rarely saw them bust that. And I was, I was extremely impressed. You're muted. Gosh, Still, dang it. I'm watching little. Really, watching little. <laughs> uh, I, I did. It was Come like on, apparent man. to me that uh, there wasn't a whole lot of pressure generated on Zappy. Zappy had what's, my takeaway from from the offensive line's performance was how mob- surprisingly mobile Zappy was. Mm-hmm. I remember that he, from our game with him. I mean, he, he really was tough, difficult to to get to, uh, and I, so I don't know if that was the line or like just him like stepping up. Um, but and I also noticed it didn't seem like God, they weren't just like teeing off on him, and I think that's because the area there's certain like aspects of it to where it it really discourages people from just like sending seven or eight guys. Yeah, like the, it's, yeah. It's, there's it's a bad thing. Bad things can happen to you. Yeah. So I, um, so I, we need that. I mean, I'm starting to get a little nervous, to be honest, about, uh, you know, like a, this guy that we, you know, the Western Kentucky transfer hasn't played, he hasn't practiced yet. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was a sad we, revelation. We've got a sure. walk on uh, junior college guy that's, you know, I, lo- I love the guy, Wilburn. I mean, I really, he's a, a uh, amateur rapper, you know, he looks the part. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, by all accounts, he's like, 
in the mix to, to, to start. And that's, well, not, I mean, it's either him or a, a new, a New Mexico transfer. Briggs. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm a little nervous about that. I do, I do think it's a, um, I think you can do some things to like to, to protect your offensive line, but it's like, it does take away some stuff. I mean, if you're, if you're throwing that many quick, quick game stuff or having to like run it that often, cause you can't block people on the edges, it, 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 it affects you. I yeah. mean, it's a problem. I think we saw it last year. Like I, I think. And a year before that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Part of the reason Cumby was so conservative is because, you had not only did you have a first time quarterback back there, but you knew your offensive line couldn't block. And so I think there's going to be, I think Hamby is a really good offensive line coach. Like I was just very impressed watching them because they did have good players for that level. I mean, we, we, we are hopefully going to start one of them. Um, but still just watching them work. I'll be interested and see. The thing is, is I do wonder how they incorporate, like we all assume we're going to be able to run the ball. It it is a different mindset with an offensive line though. So I do wonder like if Hamby is really good at pass protection and getting those guys to communicate, they weren't that good at running the ball at Western Kentucky, you know, like they, they didn't create a lot of holes. And so I don't know, you know, where the disconnect was, was it a, was it, a Kitley thing? Was it a Hamby thing? Was it an offensive line thing? Or I don't know. Like I, I didn't. I don't. I'm not plugged in enough with Western Kentucky to know. Yeah. But or when I'm you score so every possession, throwing it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I, I just I, I'm more worried about the running game than I am. So it's kind of weird because I think our I think our running backs are awesome, but it's turned as offensive line. I'm more worried about the running game. So I don't know. I know that doesn't make sense, but the. The thing I would think, or the thing to me about that, at least I'm encouraged by, and at least I have some sauce in, is the fact that with Hamby, what I want just to think about is he was the starting center on probably the, your most notorious offensive line in school history. Yeah. And they were notorious for being extremely physical and extremely aggressive, almost to the point of probably being too much of that. Yeah. But he was kind of raised in that. And I know when he was a GA here, that that was a big thing that he preached all the time was like, if you're going to play, like you need to be like the meanest, like most physical SOB out there period. And I think that's, that's really his mentality. Um, I think with how his offensive line is here is like, if you're not going to be mean and tough and physical, I don't care how talented you are. You're not going to play. And for me, I think a lot can come from that. Now, obviously I'm not saying like, Oh guys, this is going to be like a 2008 level offensive line. That's, that's like not what I'm trying to say, but what I am trying to say is, the last couple of years, I think you've really lacked a lot of physicality up front. Yeah, definitely. I just don't think that was getting coached up a lot. Um, so at least I feel confident in that. And to me, it's like, you know, maybe Wilburn starting at center isn't the worst thing in the world, especially if he's a walk-on that has fought this hard. If he wasn't capable, they would have picked one of these other guys that's going to be a starter and figured it out at center. Because Hamby's a smart guy. He's going to pick the five guys that, 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 are, that can play at this point. Yeah. So who knows how this is going to shape out. Um, I think whoever you see as your starting offensive line group in week one is probably not going to be the same one you see probably in week six or week nine or week – who knows? You know, hopefully that's not the case. But, you know, you have a bunch of pieces there. You just don't have a lot of, like, proven pieces real that you feel really, really good about. Because even with – even with, uh, you know, with Caleb Rogers, I think, you know, there's – he you know, he's great. He's got a lot of potential. and. But 
he's been up and down at times. And I think the uh, same thing with Weston, right? In fact, I thought, you know, he had, a, I think he had a worse year last year than he did the year before. Yeah, I agree. Um, so I think there's a lot of good pieces there. And then you talk about like Ty Buchanan and, you know, we haven't talked about him yet. So there are pieces, individual pieces here I like. It's just how is this going to come together? Really? To yeah. Me? It seems like we have a, it's almost, it reminds me of receiver in the sense that we have a lot of guys that are the same. And like, yeah, like I wish we had more than Miles Price in the slot. I wish we had more than two guys that could possibly play center. Like it's like we, we have a bunch of tackle bodies. I wish we had a yeah. few more mobile Guard. guards and centers. Um, Hunter, I was going to ask you, does your uh, theory on Tharp, him just playing a bunch of snaps as a young guy, kind of apply to Rodgers as well? Because like Will oh, said, yeah. Rodgers has been Without a question. Game. Yeah. And also, I think every single left tackle – did he play left tackle last year or right? Right. He, he played, played right tackle. last year. Yeah. Okay. Well, anybody that's at Tech that has played as a freshman at, t- at a tackle position, in, since I've been watching Tech, has played in the NFL. Yeah. Now, I, I think – so I I, I think that's going to be the case for him, hopefully. I am I am intrigued by the right tackle. You know, we've got – it's yeah. two transfers yeah. that are there. Neither of them – you know, Buchanan was just there at USC one year and, like, I don't know what happened. I guess Lincoln said go somewhere else. And then the – Monroe Mills at uh, Oklahoma State didn't factor in. He, I, I just loved he didn't play any snaps last year. And then I think Donovan Smith is repping some at right, right tackle, at least from whatever. I mean, to me, that's an interesting, like, kind of scary, to, honestly, if, if we've got two guys that have never really played, that one of them's hurt. You know, I don't think Buchanan, Buchanan had a concussion. Um, that, but you, you saying uh, Caleb Rogers reminded me of a quote, or a quote that he had the other day. Is He was talking about the uh, – one of them made the – I can't remember why he brought it up, but checked into a speed option, and it worked. I don't. I didn't see any speed option at a Western, in the five Western Kentucky games I saw. Yeah. I saw it in the 2015 uh, yeah. Cliff yeah. offense that yeah. was devastating. A right lot. Yeah. yeah. So that's that, – yeah, that, that gets your sports pants going a little crazy. I just – I see it <laughs> in your eyes. Uh, you haven't talked about – so Donovan Smith moving to right tackle, what does that mean for Larry Moore? Larry's in the mix now again. I think <laughs> from what I hear, he's back on the offensive line. You never know. He's back that's, where he started. That's such a weird thing to go. His journey is weird, <laughs> and it, it probably is. isn't good. I drafted him. I keep, you know, the, Ben has that. Say, probably not. Ben good. has that thing where you draft a player, and I keep, I keep editing his post to have me draft Larry Moore, and he keeps removing it. I mean, if I don't get, I'm just going to say, I have my, I have the ability to edit posts. Like I'm going to get Larry Moore. I'm just saying, I know I'm like the 70th pick, but I'm getting Larry Moore. All right. I don't think you're going to have a lot of competition. I think you're going to be all right. Um, What was weird, you know, looking at the, you know, you talked about how our our rushing offense wasn't as good as you thought it would be like looking back on it. I feel the opposite about the offensive line last year. Like when you look it at wasn't as bad. Yeah. it, wasn't as bad as you would think. Um, like the sack rate was bad, and we saw that. But everything else, I mean, it wasn't great, but it wasn't as like it wasn't as horrible as I thought it was. It was it was it was not good, but I expected horrible. Um, the one thing that they were you know like bad at is when teams expected us to run the ball or pass the ball. They, we, couldn't, yeah. we couldn't do it. Yeah. If, Which if it was, you know, line. Like, yeah. in my opinion, yes. that's, that's yes. how you measure. 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So they weren't good, but they weren't as like catastrophic as I thought. You know, if, if it was first and 10, we were okay. But if it was third and two, we were horrible. Or if we were third and 12, we were horrible. But, you know, so like, but like Hunter said, it's kind of, that's what matters is being able to do what you want to do, even if the defense knows it's coming. Um, and so I am encouraged. And like, Will, like what you said, well, I think there are pieces there. It's just, um, I don't know. It's a lot Here's- to figure out. Here's what my thing about the offensive line, and you guys probably haven't even thought about this. If you had to pick one of the true freshmen, because I think there's a chance of one of them possibly playing if you get to week four or five and you're like, this just isn't working. Like, like if you had to pick one of those guys to be like, hey, I'm going to start him at one of the guard spots if I have to, which guy would you pick? Oh, I do not like that decision at all. <laughs> they, have to be, they have to be true freshmen? It, uh, it could be a – Let's say this. It could Jacoby be a red Jackson. shirt. Like yeah. I think Jacoby, I think Jacoby Jackson can play. Like no, that's man. that you want to know why I've been like going to the, the, the Wells altar lately is because <laughs> when you only take, I mean, th- let's like let's be real. If you if you are gonna make the decision to take to be as selective as he was, when the guys that you get, Landon Peterson, Jacoby Jackson, we they have to be hits. I mean, yeah. you're not yeah. signing six offensive linemen. And yeah. just like playing the law, the odds, and okay, you know, two or three of these guys. If you're taking one or two, they have to be hits. Period. Yeah. Like we've got to start hitting on these guys. Yeah. I I, I don't know how, how much I have to say it over and over. <laughs> A high school signee, they they need to plan. And yeah. like Jacoby yeah. Jackson and Landon Peterson are that's who I'm looking at. Like those yeah. guys need to be real football players red raider sports has been golan reported that landon peterson if if cole spencer is missing some time landon peterson is kind of the guy next which i guess is good to hear i guess um yeah i guess we'll see whether that's good or not if Uh, if i had my pick of the freshman though you're probably gonna like y'all are probably gonna be shocked i might pick seth martin i knew you were gonna pick seth martin is a (laughs) willing to play guy i knew that yes power lifter wrestler all that hey man that's called plug and play man at this level if you if you check both of those boxes for me i'm like all right sign him up he can play right now i would have i could have guessed seth martin was your guy absolutely he's gotta look okay eric gray is uh, is six two like all these guys like jack tucker six seven these are real guards though that you're talking about like these are guard guards yeah Yeah. eric gray and seth martin are six two six three range the rest of these guys are you know six seven um and martin had some late ut they didn't offer him officially but he was a backup plan just to that that seven hundred thousand pound guy they got from duncanville that was morgan i mean he, he had some legitimate interest yeah i think the coaches were really happy that the signing period you know, didn't extend a couple more months. Cause I think you're right. I think he would, he was one of those guys that it reminded me somewhat of uh, Jordan Brooks. Like I can remember, and Will, you were right there. I like, I just mm-hmm. could not wait until signing it because like A&M was so close to offering Jordan Brooks. on Dude, like, I, <laughs> Several that occasions. Has to be, that has to be the wor- one of the worst misses by them ever of not offering him when he was in high school. I don't know how, I don't know how, if I remember right, tech was the only power five Texas school to offer him. I think, did TCU not? I thought TCU might have, but maybe TCU did. Either way, and maybe I'm not trying to like toot my own horn, but I was like, I watched him like in high school, and I was like, what is everybody looking at that you like don't want this guy? Yeah, I was very happy because he would have yeah. went in a heartbeat. Um, all right, so let's end with 
the what's all first we'll set this receiver thing up with um another Ben Golan report that uh Coy Eakin and who was the other one Drew Hoka no Tyler King Tyler King yeah uh Donovan that, Smith. <laughs> Donovan Smith Ben Golan reported that Coy Eakin and Tyler King will factor in at receiver and so I Hunter threatened that if Koye can plays more than 20 big 12 snaps, he will fight me. And the reason I am the target <laughs> of his aggressiveness, aggressiveness is I said, I, I told, I tell him all the time, I'm never worried about a Texas tech receiving core. The next time I'm worried about a Texas tech receiving core will be the first time. And so he is, that's why he's challenged me here. And I, and I stand by what I said, but you also I, agree that what I'm saying makes sense. Yes. Right. That is okay. Yes. yes. Okay. I, yeah. I don't think it's and and what, and what I'm saying me. is if he plays, I okay. I hope he's great. I mean, but I I love I love Koyakin, man. Uh, you know he I, in one of those little videos, the MythBuster, he went up and said like the biggest myth is that gingers aren't athletic. You know, and he's a ginger. <laughs> I mean, I like the guy. Yeah. Um, but with that said, if he's playing a lot, what does that say about? these receivers that we've had that have been playing they've been in the program for a couple of years they need to start playing yeah, and being like legitimate guys yeah it, it's got to happen i'm talking yes. about sparkman trey yeah. cleveland um loic yeah bradley. bradley yeah you know price i mean but okay i've just named five receivers we're probably gonna play seven or eight yeah so uh, okay, I mean, they all that, they all need to be in that mix ahead of ahead and, of court. And every single one of those guys was like a pretty like solidly to highly recruited guy. These yes. were, I think, what everybody for like the most successful thing that that like that Matt Wells' staff ever did from a high school standpoint. They got some dudes at receiver, like as far as like out of high school, like yeah. Jaron Bradley was a dude out of high school. Malik was a dude out of high school. Why am I blanking? Sparkman was a four star. What? Yeah. Why am I, who is the receivers coach? Played here. Why can't I think of his name? Falani. Yeah, Falani. Yeah, Falani. Falani nailed it. Like he did a yeah, great job. He crushed job. it. Yeah. Um, but the thing that we bring up a lot, they're all the same guy. Exactly. And yeah. so is that? I don't know if that's a good thing. Kind of like we were talking about with the offensive line. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good thing or if you need. Like I think that's why you see Nate Floyd move to receiver because in high school he was dynamic with the ball in his hands, like Price was. They, you know, Nehemiah Martinez, uh, they moved, which I always thought Chad Townsend shouldn't be a slot receiver, and now they've moved him out there. Um, and so I, that's probably – you're trying to just find slot-like bodies, which is also why sure. Tyler King is going to play. And, and not just because he's a slot body, but because he is so effing fast. Like, he is ridiculously fast. Like – he is like if we if we talk about the Wells model of a receiver is a Loic, uh, Trey Cleveland, Jared Bradley, Sparkman. I think that Tyler King is going to be the McGuire Blanchard receiver, which which is more so the Cliff like outside receiver yeah. where you where you think about like all the guys that played here under Cliff. You want guys that are like when when I get the guy this ball, if he has a lane, he's going forty to sixty yards yeah. with it. If he gets yeah. if he gets like some kind of like you thinking like the like the Devin Lauderdale's of the world. Yes, uh, everybody and a couple but like guys like that. <laughs> yeah, which is uh, you know is is that your Brady Boyd at this point? Yeah. Um, but but the thing that's what I'm wondering though too, like with Brady Boyd, it's like you know 
how does he really fit in here? Because anytime I see a, like a play from him, I'm like, well, that looks like a dude that can play. You well, know? to me, Brady and the reports are that Xavier White's playing outside, which shocks me. Is weird to me. Those two, they're kind of the the Devin Lauderdale's to the um, you know Eric Ward's. Like, yeah. like Trey Cleveland, and I know they're bigger than Eric Ward was, but that same type of like go up and get it type guy that Brad yeah. we expect like Brad they're just gonna body dudes like Bradley Sparkman. I think maybe Brady Boyd and Xavier White just give you something different at outside, which is why yeah. they're out there. Um, it's hard though because it's like Will said, this is like the highest probably rated position group recruiting wise. Like I was. On paper. Yeah. yeah, like Bradley Bradley Sparkman. I mean, if you want to include Townsend coming out of high school, Price. Quarterback. Yeah. Quarterback be up there, right? Yeah, that's true. Quarterback would be up there. Yeah. But it should be. Uh, Those should be quarterback and wide receiver. We, we should yes. be able to compete. And know? so I guess that's why I'm not worried. Is like these guys hadn't really – like easy was such just – like he was just such a force last year that it didn't even matter who else was on the field. Like – <laughs> between him and uh, uh, Koontz, those were the two getting the ball. And I guess Price, you know. And so it's like, I do just think it was more of an opportunity thing why we haven't seen these guys. And maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Maybe maybe this is maybe this is the first time that receivers fail the Red Raiders, but I just see too much talent. The, I agree with you. The biggest, the biggest thing to me, though, is with those outside receivers and those big dudes, I can't remember how many times I've ever saw those guys get real separation downfield. And I think that probably why you had so much, so many issues last year and just having guys who are big bodies on the outside, you should be able to just figure out ways to just throw it up to them and get them the ball. And we just, it was really mixed bag of being able to do that last year. Sparkman and Loic have had plays where they've gotten behind the defense, but that that might yeah. might be a bad thing that I'm just like that that I'm remembering specific yeah. occasions, you know, like and then Brad and then Bradley in the bowl game on that big yeah. play downfield, yeah, yeah. The one thing, and this goes back to Kitley, and I guess too, if we think like Hunter was saying, 2015 Texas Tech offense, Cliff was the master at putting guys in positions to succeed skill guys. Like he, how much money has, did he make Jakeem Grant by like a boatload of money? I mean, yeah. He got, I mean, he got Dylan Cantrell on a roster, you know, like he was, he so got Derek good at, Willies on a roster. Yes. He was so good at getting guys, the yeah. ball in positions to where they, and I, I, I think that is also a trait of Kitley. Like, he, if these guys can't get separation, he will create that separation. Like maybe that will put a ceiling on our offense, but it'll still work, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I think from a per- when you say or from a personnel standpoint, we've got the ideal quick game receiving core. I mean, with how big they are, surely we like, will be able to block on the perimeter. And, and Yeah, that's so, true. That's a good Should be able to. Should be able to, you would think. And I know, and Will, you probably know this from your time covering the team, but, like, that's what Emmett Jones is all about. I mean, and Falani was too, but, like, they make those guys. Emmett, and and to, and to Emmett's credit, Emmett, I think, is a better technical receivers coach than probably Falani is. And I think he got, uh, over and over again, he got the, the most out of a lot of guys that you probably would I think – I think Antoine Wesley has owes his career to Emma Jones. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was for his college career. career. Yeah, yeah, that was a rebel. Yeah. And, we, and we even see guys who transferred fall off when they didn't have correct that kind of coaching. Um, so I guess as we as we wrap this up here, and Will, I'll start I'll start with you. Like, what are your expectations? Like, you don't have to like put a ranking on it or anything, but like your expectations for this offense this season, and like what's a good season oh, for the offense? What's disappointment? And again, it doesn't have to be numbers or rankings, but that kind of that kind of like just feeling. I really to me, it's just I just want to see an offense, and to me, success is just consistently be able to move the ball. I know that sounds like kind of sad to say that, but what really underwells the biggest problem always was is the offense was so so streaky to where it would be like boom 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 boom. Here's an eight play drive, bang it out, score easy. And then they wouldn't be able to move the ball for a quarter and a half. And then, you know, they'd knock out two scoring drives. To me, it really is just finding a level of consistency to where um, you're just finding ways to get the ball down the field. And whether that's, you know, um, running it or throwing it, however you do it, just find ways to consistently move the ball. Teams in today's Big 12 with the way that defenses play – if you can find a way, no matter how it is, if you can just consistently move the ball up and down the field, you're you're going to be pretty successful in this Big Twelve, I yeah. think. Yeah, definitely. Hunter, what about you? So your goals, or did you ask? No, for just like what's what's success for this offense? So, or what success? Success? also what 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 is yeah. failure? So th- this goes this goes back to um, Cliffs last year, since uh, that'd be four straight seasons. Um, we have not had a top five Big 12 offense points per drive, points per Big 12 drive, which is like, it doesn't matter what you're talking about. I mean, if you talk about a drive and how many points you score per drive, that's the only thing that matters, like, yeah. period. Yeah. Uh, and we have, like, we haven't had a top five offense, and yeah. it's been four years now. I think it's directly related to quarterback play and quarterback yes. injuries and, like, walk-ons and, like, guys that wouldn't start for other Big 12 teams. Like, that's a problem. Yeah. Um, so to me, I want a top five. I think we can. I think I don't think that's unreasonable. No, to ask for uh, that. That's my. That's success. That's like the goal. That you know. To me, that's like if you told Kitley like top five. I mean, I'm sure they'd like laugh at that. Yeah. Like that. That's something that's like not. You know, like that's not. That's too low of an yeah. expectation. Yeah. No, that that's a good one. I like that. That's yeah. I, I do think it's funny that the image of Kitley striving for a top five offense in the big 12. Like he's thinking top five in the country. Like that's just kind of his pet. His, it's short lived, but his pedigree. Here were the, the top five last year. OU. Then there was a massive gap, Iowa state, big gap, UT. Then there's Baylor, big gap, Kansas state. And then Oklahoma state. Yeah. Then us. Wow. Like we should be, we should be better yeah. than Kansas state. I mean, the thing that the thing to think about too, like the offenses in the Big Twelve were not like they weren't much to write home about last no, year outside no. of OU. And it quarterback really wasn't. play too yeah. was not good. Yeah. Hunter hit it. Yeah. And I guess that kind of leads me to mind. Like, I want a quarterback to play this. The and I know this sounds like if the quarterback's not good, why would you want him to play the entire season? And so it's hard to say, like, I want a quarterback to start and finish the season. Um, but I think if that quarterback ha- did start and finish the season under guys like Kitley and McGuire, I think that means he was pretty good. And so I want to, I want a quarterback to start and end the season. And I just, and Will, you touched on a little bit. I just want to be a threat. Like there were so yes. many times under Wells and even Cumbie 
where you'd get a turnover, but you knew you weren't going to score off of that. It was just, it was just a drive that the def- that the opposing offense didn't score. Like there were so many times you got the ball and you just felt absolutely toothless. I mean, like that Iowa State game, Bowman's last start when like the receivers basically mutinied. Like that you had zero chance to score, zero. Yeah, and like I. That is, I just don't, I, I cannot live in a world where Texas Tech's offense has zero chance to score somewhere. And it, and that's an extreme example, but there were plenty of times where your attack just felt toothless. It felt predictable. Um, and I, it didn't feel like it was stressing the defense. And I've kind of, this has kind of been my, my preview of what I want, what I expect from this Texas Tech team is they're going to stress other teams and other coaches. And I, yeah. and I think that's going to – I don't know how it's going to equal wins and losses, but I do think they are going to stress them out, like both mentally and, you know, literally on the field, put stress which, on them. Which is what Cliff's offenses did whenever they were when they were humming along. Yeah, the first half. Kind of did, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then the second half of the year, it was the polar opposite. So that's, yes. that's, a, that's a, another story for another time. Yes. But the thing about Kitley is, is anytime you watch his offenses – he just – it's like you talk about him being a pragmatist. It's like, oh, this is working. Let's just do that. He just keeps doing it. Yeah, exactly. And just keep doing it, which <laughs> is – to not... me, those are, those are the best – those are the best coordinators. Yes. It sounds simple, but he does not outthink himself. And there are so many good OCs that outthink themselves, and I have not seen that from him yet. Cliff did it all the time yes. when he was here, yes. especially in late-game situations. He was playing chess with himself 99% of the time. Yep. Yes, he was, and it would drive us insane. All right. Well, I think we covered it. Uh, anything else that I missed something? Any other offensive thoughts or offensive thoughts? Who Who's your – how about this for the last thing? Who is right. who is the, the player at the end of the year that you're going to be – is like was the offensive MVP? I know it's simple, but like who is the guy? It depends. Like, I think if we're good, it's whoever the quarterback is. <laughs> And I think if it's if we're someone asked us this, I think on a, a mailbag recently. But I think if we're good, it's whoever the quarterback is, and if we're bad, it it's like Miles Price or Taj Brooks. I think. Okay, I, for me, it's I think it's Miles Price. I think good or bad, I, I think he's if this offense is what it traditionally is, that's the guy that's going to get the lion's share of your, of your like receptions and like your targets. Yeah, I heck, I would love that. Miles Price is awesome. I think he's. I think he gets forgot about, forgotten about in the receiver discussion because he's kind of like just so he's been steady. Like he's been hurt steady. a little bit, but like we almost overlook how good he is when he plays. And so that that's probably that's a good call. It looks like Hunter is is, is doing some more scouting on little league and he can't really participate. I'll say before we go on those li- <laughs> if anybody made it this far, I'm posting little league bets. The lines move so fast. Like I don't want people to um, to take the line, like to just to take whatever side it is, even if the the lines have moved, you know, because like I might be might might actually recommend the opposite way, you know. So if you're following that, you know, try to just like either take take the number that's posted, or if it's not there, you know, lay off of it. Just some, just want to put that disclaimer out there. All right, did go six and two today. I think we won like five. That's like you know plus five. Humble brag. Units. <laughs> I mean, we're we're not gonna lose. I'm just telling you, we're not. <laughs> Little league betting is the foolproof way to get rich. That that the buy Hunter Davidson. It will be available in paperback by Christmas. Um, and yeah, that's it. All right, we will be back next week, unless 
Hunter is won't record with me again, but we will be back next week to preview the defense. Um, and then, heck, we're on the game week. So we'll see you guys next week. From here, it's potable. These nerds nerd out a lot. If you are a big tech nerd, but you walked into the spot. From here, it's potable. Taylor, go Hunter.